Hi, I'm Dr. Akiva Down. And I'm Rabbi Avi Green. And welcome to Interesting Questions. In this podcast, we'll be addressing issues that are philosophical, religious, and psychological in nature. We will be focusing on that which is considered to be controversial, and there may not be a right or wrong answer. So we are hoping that our discussions will yield more questions for your Shabbos table. Hello and welcome back to Interesting Questions. Today we wanted to take on the topic of prayer. And does prayer make a difference? Is there an efficacy to prayer? And I want to suggest that we begin our conversation by talking about two prayer from a couple different perspectives. The first is when a particular person prays, either on their own behalf or on behalf of someone else, and then does what we say or when we say it or how we say it really matter? So let's begin with some of the things that we know about prayer, and in particular when someone is praying on their own behalf. So, first and foremost, we know that the prayers that are put together in the Sidur were really put together by the Anshaykhneset HaGedola, the people of the Great Assembly, in a time when the words that a particular person said might or might not have mattered, but people didn't know what to say. And so this was an opportunity to provide a script, so to speak, of what to say in regard to talking to God, right? If you have no words, here are some words. And some of them are poetic. Some of them are taken directly from Torah or from um, the the Nevim or Ketuvim. Um, and some of them were written specifically by our rabbis. And so you have this formulation that was put together over time. So what impact can it have? So I think the first idea is, if we look in the Gemara in Brachot, it talks about the idea that when we speak to God, right, there is a relationship that is being built. And we've talked about this before, the idea that we speak to God through prayer and God speaks to us through uh, learning Torah, learning texts. And so I would suggest that when we want something, when we need something, reaching out and at least speaking to God is one way to let God know what it is. And you might respond, but doesn't God already know what I need? And the answer is yes. But sometimes we need to say it. We need to ask for it. Furthermore, I might say that prayer is not just to speak to God, but prayer is also for us. That when we pray, it is a form of focus and meditation. 
And this means that it has positive impacts on our body, which I'm going to ask Akiva to talk about in a moment, as well as um, having positive impacts in terms of our own ability to organize our thoughts and, uh, and, and set priorities and uh, agendas for ourselves. So with that, Akiva, I'm going to ask you to talk about what some of the psychological or physical or general positives might be to an individual in regard to their own prayer. All right, so prayer is in many ways, as, as you said, a form of meditation. And meditation has been shown to have several clinically significant benefits. Uh, reductions in resting and uh, what we call ambulatory blood pressure, which is basically moving around blood pressure, uh, reductions in heart rate, uh, which helps to uh, um, synchronize cardio, the cardiorespiratory system, uh, altered levels of melatonin and serotonin in a positive way, suppressing corticostriatal uh, glutaminergic neurotransmission, which is a fancy way of saying kind of decreasing stress hormones. Um, and all of that then leads to a boost in the immune response, decreased levels of uh, um, free radicals, uh, redu reductions of stress, positive mood states, reductions in anxiety, uh, reductions in pain, improvements in mood, self-esteem, um, and, and general positive quality of life. I have a number of individuals that I work with that we recommend things like meditation. And certainly for my religious clientele, prayer is definitely a form of meditation for them. Um, in fact, I'll, I'll use a perfect example. How many of us, especially these days, with the sun setting a lot faster, it seems, and Mincha just coming in right at that inconvenient time, find ourselves rushing to Shul to be able to get to Mincha for a minion. And we show up, and we're rushing there, and we're stressed. How many of us are stressed when we leave Mariv? Think about that for a moment, and consider your own practices, your own, you know, we, we, right? It, it, it's this common thing that we experience. And that alone can show how prayer, prayer does that. It gives us this, this separation. Meditation gives us this opportunity to take a pause, take a moment to think about sometimes nothing, sometimes that which really matters, uh, arguably, prayer would be the latter amongst at least the religious community. Um, and, and considering what else we can do. And so prayer is definitely something that is beneficial for our own health. It also happens to be that especially within Judaism and many other belief systems, I, I believe, I can't say for sure, but Prayer is specific, and it is specific and time-specific. So it gives you structure. It gives you routine. For those of us who are sometimes feeling like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now, for those of us who pray three times a day, you look at your watch. You know if you're supposed to be doing something in that moment, and you open up a door and you pray. 
And it's this wonderful opportunity to feel like there's external structure. Avi, you're itching to say something. No, I think the other thing it provides is it helps provide community. That if you find yourself with um, the same community on a regular basis and you're attending services somewhat, even somewhat regularly, let's say even just once a week with that same community, um, a companionship is, is found there. Um, and, you know, if you miss a week, they notice. And so the idea that you are building community, you are part of something that is larger than yourself, the fact that you are likely to not feel quite as lonely um, because there are people who recognize you and recognize when you are not there can be a, a positive mental component as well. A hundred percent. And while that's important, I, I, I wonder whether or not that answers your particular question in insofar as the specifics for, for the physical and he mental health benefits. But at the same time, I think either way, it's a very important piece to remember because, well, Avi, we can use a perfect example. This past Shabbos, one, a member of our community asked us to come and daven from our normal local minion at his house so that he could have a minion to be able to say Kaddish. He's not able to walk to where we daven. And the entire community said absolutely and showed up. That right there, I have to imagine that that's meaningful, not only for us as a community to know that we stand by each other, that we mean something to each other, but for that individual who it was important to be able to say Kaddish for. And, and so absolutely, absolutely, there's definitely benefits to prayer and or whatever meditation we find if we're, if we're putting prayer in that subset. Now, Avi, I'm going to ask you this difference. Throw the question back at you. Prayer is not meditation. Meditation can sometimes take the form of prayer, but prayer is not meditation. When we pray, aren't we talking to... Someone in particular, perhaps some deity? So the answer is maybe. <clears throat> maybe we are talking to some deity, and maybe simultaneously we are talking to ourselves. We, when we pray, and let's take one of the classic prayers that we say, right? Well, let's look at two, two classic prayers. One is, the, the traditional form that we're all familiar with, Baruch atah Hashem elokeinu melech Blessed are you Hashem, right? Ruler of the universe. And that is sprinkled throughout our tefillot. And so we seem to be praying to God. <clears throat> and yet, if we take one of the most central prayers to all of Judaism, which is Shema, it doesn't include that at all. It says, Shema Yisrael Hashem elokeinu Hashem echad. We're talking to all of the people of Israel. We're not talking to God. It's, it's us repeating the words God has told us. right? And then we go on, And you should love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. You're not talking to God. You're talking to yourself and or to other Jews in and around you. And so I don't think tefillah is just one thing. I don't think prayer is just 
a, a time where we show up with our laundry list of needs and say to God, okay, God, I'm going to butter you up, and now I'm going to tell you what I need, and then I'm going to say thanks. And, you know, like a, like a slot machine, I'm going to hope you pay out. That's not the way prayer works. Prayer is a, a time where we are speaking to God and, and sharing with God what we need, but it's also a time that we do get to meditate and reflect and say, okay, I'm looking at the Shmona Esrei, the Amidah, and it has 18 different blessings. Which one of those are really important to me right now? Is it Rifa'inu? Is it the prayer for healing the sick because somebody in my house is sick? And it may just be a cold. And God willing, it won't be a big deal and they'll get over it soon. But today, right here, right now, that's important to me. Or, is it Hashivenu Hashem, the idea that we get to return to Israel? And as we look at what's going on in Israel right now, saying, when am I going to get back there? When am I going to be able to go and, and visit and return and help and do the things that my, my body is crying out for me to do in connection to making a difference in Israel and in visiting Israel and in being there? Right? What, what's, and it doesn't have to just be one thing, but it probably has to be one thing at a time. Because that's the way we work, at least in my opinion. And so this idea of prayer being for whom, I think it is for us both to communicate our needs to God, but also for us to communicate with ourselves. Avi, I once heard, and, and I'm paraphrasing and certainly to not to be taken out of context, but I'm going to take it out of context, um, because one of the things at one point that that I heard said was, God tolerates our praying, that that we're we're these insignificant beings, that that God tolerates hearing our prayers, and and when I when I think about that idea, and I think about this all powerful, all all knowing, all everything that who are we to ask for anything? And, and you look again in the Shemot Ezra, and you say, Shema koleinu, Hashem elokeinu. Listen to me. Hear me. We hear what I'm saying. By the way, thanks for listening. Thanks for always listening, because you know how to listen. Really? What, Hashem is going to tolerate that from, from these puny, insignificant human beings? What, what is that? What is the, the idea behind that? And, and we can't possibly be actually thinking that Hashem is going to hear this and go, oh, that's right, I do listen to you people. There's more to it. There has to be. So clearly none of us can know exactly how Hashem works. But to me, the best analogy, at least for this, is the idea of a parent and a child, right? which is one of the analogies we talk about between the people of Israel and God human beings and God. And there are times where children will come up and will ask us for things and we go, hmm, that's a reasonable request. You're hungry? Great. Let me get you what you need. And there are times where we go, I can't do that right now. And there are times where we go, 
You can't have that at all. Why? Because I know better than you. And that may be one of the most difficult pieces, is that when God says no to our prayers, and we don't understand why, because, and again, here goes that, that terrible phrase, it is all part of God's plan, or God understands better than we do what needs to happen in the world. And those are, are trite phrases, but if that is a matter of belief, then the idea that these things happen for a reason, and that even our prayers that go unanswered have purpose and meaning. And so the idea that sometimes the answer is no is also an important component. Avi, you talked about the the child-parent analogy, and I I think it's a great analogy. Certainly, I think it's in many ways one that we could probably relate to more than maybe the groom-bride marital um, analogy. But whether it's that or whichever one it is, can you talk a little bit more about the idea of prayer and, and maybe the relationship because if, if prayer isn't the only time that we're necessarily talking to God or asking for things, talk a little bit more about how prayer might build a relationship. So, once again, I think we have to keep in mind that it can be convenient to say, well, let's go and pray when we need something. But whether it's a parent-child relationship or, as you said, Akiva, the idea of a bride and groom, um, what any relationship, um, the idea that there needs to be ongoing communication is critical. Because if you just come when you need something, then what kind of relationship is that? That's, that's probably stemming on an abusive relationship or at least a one-sided relationship versus if there's ongoing dialogue, if there is dialogue and you think about coming home to somebody who's special to you and being able to share with them about your day and about what happened and the ups and the downs and being able to talk about what's bothering you and what's making you happy. All of those components are critical to having a real relationship And if those things aren't happening and you're just reaching out to someone when you need something from them, that's an unhealthy relationship. And so I believe that regular prayer is part of a healthy relationship with God. So that when something is troubling or challenging, it's okay to go and plead with God, to yell at God, to be upset with God at those times when it's appropriate or needed. But you have to have the relationship in place first. Without it, it it's, you, you're, you're, you're perpetrating something that isn't healthy. And so 
finding that tefillah time, right? Whether it's once a day, once a week, finding that time where you can have that ongoing, meaningful conversation with God about what's going on in your life so that when that relationship is tested, the core components of that conversational relationship are already there. I think that's critical. I think the other piece, unrelated, but important to talk about, is uh, also in the, in the Mishnah and then in the Gemara in Brachot, and it talks about tefillat shav, which is a, a wasted tefillah. Um, and the example it gives is um, if someone has given birth and the father has not yet arrived, and you say, I hope it is a boy, or I hope it is a girl. The answer is, it's too late. That, that decision is already a fait accompli. It's already a done deal. Versus being able to say, I hope that in the future this happens. Um, and so recognizing not that anything is out of God's power, but understanding that God generally works within the framework of nature, and that when we need to ask for things, we can ask for miracles. We can ask for things that are outside of nature. But that don't ask for things that are impossible because they're already done. Well, Avi, I, I appreciate all that, and I think that certainly we could go on and on about different ideas with regards to what prayer can or can't do, whether or not we feel like sometimes we can change the reality or ask for a miracle or even just say thank you for what we do have, which we didn't touch on but is also certainly very important and something that, that we have built in our prayer, and there's a reason, because it is positive in many ways. It makes us feel good. It reminds us when we have gratitude. It reminds us of what we're doing and what we have and how to appreciate that. Um, but we can go on and on about different aspects, whether, whether prayer is helpful when it's prayer for others uh, or whether it's only helpful if they know about it or why all people seem to become religious at some point on their deathbed. Suffice to say... I think that we can certainly get more topics out of this idea. And in the meantime, your question for Around Your Table is, what kind of relationship do you have with Hashem? And what kind of relationship do you want to have with Hashem? Thank you for listening. If you'd like to reach us, you can reach us at iqdiscuss at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you and responding.